Colorado and California worry that this little girl will ruin the winter. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Dusty dirt roads, chapstick, and body lotion. The signs of dry conditions are apparent in parts of Colorado lately. According to the U.S. agency that monitors precipitation, the front range is in a drought, and there are worries that the situation may become worse if the La Nina phenomenon causes less snowfall this season. The current lack of precipitation from the South Denver metro area, north 100 miles nearly to Wyoming, is meteorological drought that comes from a deficit in rain or snowfall, and it's having a significant impact on the landscape. A more severe drought, dubbed hydrological, occurs when low water supply becomes evident and usually after many more months of dry conditions. While the area is not in the more serious category, the La Nina weather phenomenon could develop in December and push the storm track north, leaving Colorado with less snow than is needed. The good news in the heavily urbanized area is that reservoir levels are in good condition from last year's snowpack. In California, the situation is still very serious. More than 40% of the state remains in exceptional or extreme drought conditions. Weather forecasters are currently saying that the outlook is for above average temperatures around the Golden State, and La Nina could cause drier conditions. But La Nina is fickle, as Noah's Mark Halpert told SF Gate. He said that the outlook could change if she does not come back. Water conservation efforts are waning in parts of the state. Mandatory restrictions were lifted earlier, and officials are concerned that use has gone up too much. Peter Gleick of the Pacific Institute told the New York Times that it was a mistake to lift the required conservation targets because it took pressure off of utilities and individuals to be more efficient. Some of this drought news contradicts what people in San Francisco have experienced. The city has received about twice the usual amount of rain since the 1st of October, with more expected this week. In both Colorado and California, many precip prognosticators are closely watching what happens in the Rockies and the Sierras as snow season begins. Last week, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals heard arguments in a groundwater case that's drawing attention from across the country. The dispute came to a head three years ago when the Agua Caliente Native American Band sued two water providers, saying that they had reduced the quantity and quality of groundwater under the tribe's reservation. Groundwater levels around Palm Springs, California have declined over the years as water has been pumped from the aquifer to expand subdivisions, golf courses, resorts and farms, according to the Desert Sun. In an attempt to replace the groundwater, the two providers used surface supplies from the Colorado River, but the tribe says the replacement water was saltier and less pure. So the main question for the courts? Does the tribe hold a right to groundwater beneath its land that dates back to 1876 when the federal government established the reservation? A lower court agreed with the Native Americans, and then the providers filed the appeal that was argued last week. If the judges' questions to the lawyers during that argument are of any indication of how they'll rule, it's looking pretty good for the Agua Caliente. Judge Tallman told one of the lawyers for the water districts that the land is very arid and is worthless without water. In other words, it was, of course, the intent of the U.S. government when it set up the reservation that the groundwater would be a part of the Indians' rights. Lawyers for the tribe argued that California's water law 
cannot trump the tribe's rights, and the U.S. government lawyers agreed. The question is of national importance because other tribes across the country may assert the same position, that they have rights to groundwater much older than those set up by each state. A decision from the Court of Appeals is expected in a few months, and it's very likely to be appealed all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And in other water news related to Native Americans, more than 80 people were arrested at the Dakota Access Pipeline protest on Saturday, about five miles from where they have been camping for months. 300 protesters had assembled at a construction site in Morton County, North Dakota, and the sheriff's office said that they were on private property acting unlawfully. In a statement, law enforcement said that the demonstrators tried to breach a police line to move forward towards construction equipment. At that point, officers used pepper spray. The protests are aimed at halting an oil pipeline that members of the Standing Rock tribe and their many supporters say threatens their drinking water and sacred grounds. The protest continues as thousands of people have traveled to the area where a Texas company is trying to complete the pipeline project. And finally this week, the small island nation of Iceland has a wealth of dramatic landscapes, from lava fields and glaciers to a rugged coastline dotted with scenic bays and fjords. But being a small volcanic rock in the North Atlantic has its drawbacks. They're a bit lacking on many basic goods, so they have to import them. So the last thing you would expect a country near the Arctic Circle to need? Ice. A new report says that Iceland imports ice for sale in grocery stores despite a natural abundance because the stuff from neighboring Norway is often cheaper. This is a bit embarrassing for a country that has plenty of ice fields and received a perfect score of 100 for water quality by Yale University. It also drew a chilly rebuke by a local biologist who told the Iceland Review Online that residents need to factor in the real cost of the ice. The ships that transport it emit greenhouse gases and have a huge carbon footprint. In other words, she's hoping that people buy local and all of this becomes an isolated incident. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Looking for solutions to utility challenges? Get answers at AWWA's Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 30th through November 2nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocom. We'll